0: Oh, we got to do this podcast before your body falls apart
1: <laughs> yeah no kidding
0: because it is just going to heck with you
1: <laughs> i've gotten two separate cramps and like each foot it makes no sense
0: feet are bad
1: feet are bad that's, that that's my hot
0: take feet are bad <laughs> <laughs>
1: Feet are bad. Gameboy's tooth fell out. We're just having all kinds of crazy times in my house.
0: So it's wild times in the in the owl house.
1: To be fair, his tooth was supposed to fall out.
0: Yeah, you didn't, like, punch him and knock it out or something, or he didn't, like, fight Maxwell and knock it out. Yeah, He's, yeah. A, he's a bab.
1: He's a bab. He lost his bab tooth.
0: Yeah, you gotta go put it under your pillow and wait for the, the kitty tooth fairy to come.
1: Freaking <laughs> <him> catnip.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Drugs.
0: Anyways, hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen, Lady M. Hello. This is episode number 271 of this here podcast. The first episode of March. <clears throat> I know, very much time. Exactly.
1: Oh my god, this year's flying. Yeah. Yeah. In mean, yeah. the last
0: few years have flown Okay, that's fair. Despite global events. Yeah. Time just flies.
1: When you're not having fun. No. Yeah.
0: Um, either way, we're going to have just a little chit-chat this week. Yep. A little low-key episode. Not about the show Low-Key or the wrestler Low-Key. That would be a very much different podcast. Or, or our former friend Low-Key. He's
1: still our friend. He he's just still our does, friend. He's, yes. still, he's not on this plane anymore. Yes.
0: The ghost of Loki.
1: The ghost of Loki who hangs out in the box. There's
0: too many Lokis out there and about.
1: Yeah. At least mine was the good one.
0: And to be fair, all of them are
1: Yeah, mine was also
0: So, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fair that the name exists. Either way, <laughs> hey. we're going to have a little chit-chat because um, this discussion just popped up again recently. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the deal with game reviews? Okay. Uh, this kind of came about again with the the release of one Elden Ring. I know, shocking that discourse is happening around a Souls game. <laughs> what? Which, like, we're not going to talk about that kind of discourse or anything, but, you know, it is an interesting conversation about, like, you know, how do we approach game reviews in 2022? Like, how do we approach them nowadays when, you know, video game outlets aren't the biggest thing that provide video game news or impressions or anything anymore and that's the way it's been for like almost like a decade now you would just you would basically say right Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's ain't the 90s anymore where you know you go to the magazine store or your local grocery store and pick up your favorite video game magazine and be like oh i gotta read the reviews and see what game is good Mm -hmm. like you could just go on the internet and look and just type into the google machine just people who talk about video games and a billion people will pop up and tell you their own opinions about video games and what yep. games you should play and buy and all that sort of stuff yep the authoritative voice of reviews is is in a weird place I guess is kind of the the thesis of this conversation
1: <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it
0: well thank you I came up with that on the on the cuff off the cuff ah
1: uh, off the cuff
0: in between the cuff that's my new phrase nice <laughs> um, i'm gonna read you a series of tweets from one jeff Gersman of the giant bomb okay. who's, who's been a big proponent of the idea that like game reviews don't matter anymore
1: <laughs> right
0: um this coming out of like the elden ring stuff but he tweeted two tweets and i quote even the biggest enthusiast publications reach a fraction of the overall gaming audience and at this point a lot of that audience makes purchasing decisions well before a game launches Day one reviews are probably not the best way to provide useful coverage to your audience. They only serve the worst parts of your audience. The scorekeepers, the fanboys, the people who just want numbers they can throw around on social media or message boards and endless, pointless arguments. It's well past that time to leave th- those people behind.
1: I think that's really fair. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what it was recently, but there was a game that I was um, like seeing stuff about on Twitter, and completely unrelated to anything that was going on. Somebody was just like, oh, yes, you you mean this game is a masterpiece compared to, like, the new Horizon? And, like, it has nothing to do with it. And, like, they screenshotted, like, reviews. I'm like, this is completely unrelated, and they didn't call it a masterpiece. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing there, buddy? Uh, but it, it's just, like... I guess, like, um match for for like a better word of like my game's better than yours because it got a 98 it's like oh cool what does that even f- mean
0: i mean that's just the way that it, that's been yeah, f- since forever. the beginning of reviews unfortunately forever. like it feeds into you know the console war stuff and all that sort of stuff i it think does,
1: but but i think he's right that it, like it feeds, yeah, yeah, yes, yes it yes. feeds that still
0: i think one of the big things that has also really hurt this is the growth of uh review aggregate websites Yes. Like Metacritic, like Open Critic, all those sorts of stuff that that basically just boil down a game into a single number. Yep. And, you know, you can go so far to even criticize it in the fact that, like, you know, some publishers are basically putting so much weight into that number that, like, you know, you, the developers' bonuses are tied to Metacritic scores and all that sort right. of stuff. Right. Which is which insane. Is super gross and all that sort of stuff. But, like, yeah. the idea that, like, You know, I think there's positives and negatives for those kinds of sites and everything because, like, obviously they give you a concise, you know, look at how a bunch of different publications are looking at a specific game. And you Mm -hmm. can go through and look at different reviews in an easier way than going out and searching them by yourself. Right. Like, that is a very good tool to have. But the way that it becomes weaponized by a lot of, like, fans and just people on the internet that is like, oh, well, this game just means this number. That means it's good or bad.
1: Or even review bombing.
0: Right, that too.
1: Like, that can completely change what a score is based on, like, oh, man, somebody's mad about one little thing, and now they've set up, like, a subreddit to go after this one game. Like, okay. Or, like, people just throwing out, like, I don't know, I haven't played it, but it's good. 10 out of 10. Like, okay. Cool, I guess.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Um, So, like, it can be artificially inflated or deflated, Very easily.
0: But I do, I think. That's
1: on the user side, though.
0: Yes. I do think the idea of day one reviews is definitely a holdout of, you know, the old days. Yes. Um, And there's truth to what he says about, you know, people kind of have their minds made up about a lot of game purchases that they're going to buy Mm -hmm. well before, you know, the game comes out. Right. And a lot of times they'll just go to those reviews to reaffirm that they're, oh, I'm making the right decision here. Regardless, you know, if they actually really like dig into the review, or they just basically go, well, if this has a good score, so I'm making the right purchasing decision, so, you know, kudos to me, I am a smart human being, (laughs) and all this, or, you know, whatever you want to say. I mean, there's definitely times where, like, you know, I'll go, I'll be very, like, cautious about a game, and look to review scores when it comes out and be like okay maybe this is something that I want to pick up or if it's not like okay maybe I can hold off on this maybe for a sale or just not get it at all like there is definitely Mm -hmm. still merit to reviews and all that sort of stuff but do we need publications essentially kind of doing the same thing that a lot of developers have ended up doing themselves and that like you know reviewers end up crunching a lot just to get reviews out day one right And it's a bad practice to have.
1: Well, and especially with, like, a lot of games needing patches now, like, day one release, like, you're not really getting the full experience by doing it that way, and they're, like, killing themselves to try and get everything out in time. And Mm -hmm. even then, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I I haven't even gotten to finish it, but here you go, here's my review. It's like, you weren't given enough time to play this, and so I don't know that you were really able to, like, come away with a well-rounded review of it
0: and that can be on two different sizes because a lot of times publishers will just not give you a game out in time correct correct but also the idea that like you know we have to have these game these reviews out day one because we got to get those website clicks we got to get that Mm -hmm. ad revenue Mm -hmm. is also another side of this that's like you know it's not good you're just you know you're doing the thing that you you constantly are criticizing developers for but you're doing it in a way that, like, you know, a lot of people just aren't going to talk about because they don't understand that experience or anything. Right. So it's, it's a very weird double-edged sword. In the grand scheme of all of this. Um, and it sucks. Because, like, you know, reviewers shouldn't have to, like, kill themselves just to put out a review that people are going to read once and then forget about. Right. Right. Because that's, like, a, another weird thing that you have to, you know, look at when it comes to game reviews is that they are a a moment in time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They are for that game of that, you know, specific moment where, like, you know, it's the, the day one version or anything. Like, a lot of times reviews don't go back and update it for, like, to talk about, like, okay, well, we they patched this, this, and this. And this, you know, changes the experience or makes it better and all this sort of stuff. There are some games or some publications that do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, for some games, it, those are warranted. But, you know, for a lot of games.
1: Usually people read it day one and then never look at it again unless it's very controversial, in which case it gets a little.
0: A little bit more traction. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like there was that one like Spider-Man one that I remember got traction.
0: So, it just makes it, again, a weird thing of, like, who are these for...
1: What's the point?
0: ...nowadays? Like, I feel like a lot of times you're going to get more nuanced discussion once a game's out for a while. Which is true for a lot of things, obviously. Yes. Um, And a lot of times that comes in the form of, like, you know, videos podcasts all that sort of stuff there is still you you still get a good a lot of like written stuff as well post-game relaunches and all that sort of stuff so that's there as well but it does again make make it a weird idea of like you know reviews are just in this super weird space because you know they're a holdover from a time when you know the internet wasn't as big you know magazine publications were the big thing and you know that's where you went to get your reviews from and all that sort of stuff and then the internet started coming up and you know this is before the time when like streaming and video was a prominent thing on the internet so you would still go for you know the written reviews and all that sort of stuff similar to like magazines and all that sort of stuff so you know you would have a good authoritative voice and be like okay here's you know what i want to hear from this about this game and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and the rise of you know influencers hobby video game writers and people of that nature have kind of diluted the field of reviews in the sense that like reviews are just everywhere right depending on like what exactly you're looking for essentially so there's really not a whole lot of just like you know the authoritative voices anymore it's because everything is just so kind of out there It's just an ocean of reviews and voices that you have to wade through to find something that you're like, okay, I kind of vibe with this person, so I guess I'll just, like, read what they put out. But then even then, you're, like, kind of essentially making, like, an echo chamber so you don't really understand, like, okay, what does this person think? Like, why does this person think this about this game? Why does this person think this about this game? Like, what are, like, these criticisms that... Could be levied against this game and all that sort of stuff it's a very it's a, it's a weird field and i don't know if there's necessarily like a right or wrong answer to fix this because like i don't think you necessarily just like abolish game reviews wholeheartedly I don't <laughs> think that's going to be a thing
1: no what i was going to say is like the internet has definitely like democratized who can write a game review and especially like in recent years it's become much easier to like get a platform to do so mm-hmm. um And that's not to say that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a thing. Right. And um, circling a little bit back to the, like, aggregate sites, um, and once again, things I saw on Twitter, um, there was an interaction that I saw again recently, and I forgot. It might have been about Elden Ring, too. Um,
0: Well, the sequel to Elden Ring?
1: I know, I know. It's already been announced. Woo. Whoa. Um, um, <laughs> and somebody was like yelling in their replies. Uh, it, it was like a screenshot of Open Critic or whatever. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, Breath of the Wild's most overrated game to ever exist. And like the guy who started Open Critic's like, yeah, so Breath of the Wild's not for me. But that's the thing is it's not for me. And it might not be for you either. But that doesn't mean it's a bad game. And like he he like came in with like a really nuanced like thought process about this was try to like talk this guy down of just like blasting a game wholeheartedly on, on Twitter and it's like huh wouldn't have expected that from a guy who did like an aggregate site but here we are right but yeah that was an interesting interaction and he's just like yeah so not for you that's okay not for <laughs> me either but that doesn't mean it's bad like huh all right I don't know. I mean, it. It's. I think that this is something that you and I could both agree on. Maybe. Um, video games and video game players are very driven by nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a sense of nostalgia to like game reviews in general. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, we get to go do this thing that we've done forever. Um, but it it doesn't really have as much of a purpose anymore it's just kind of a we've always done it this way thing
0: especially because you know the original idea behind reviews is like all right we need to tell people whether or not you should spend money on this right and i feel like that's kind of not necessarily the case anymore
1: well now it's also like this company is paying a lot of money for me to do this review and say that it's good, so you'll spend money on it. Yay! I mean, that doesn't
0: happen nearly as much as people would like to tell you, but...
1: It doesn't, but it does happen some.
0: Um, it just becomes a, a thing to just use as, for argument of sake, like, one yeah. of the things I liked when when my job was doing reviews is that we did unscored reviews. Yes. Where at the end, we gave you positives and negatives about the game, Mm-hmm. we're not going to score it, though. You have to right. read the article and see if it's good or not. If you want to get a a, a too-long-didn't-read, you read the positives and negatives about it, but even then, that's not going to tell you the whole story. Right. And I think that's a, that's a way that I think a lot of publications and outlets should be going towards, is just, like, get away from review scores.
1: Yeah, because they don't they, mean anything.
0: They don't, and they just tell you a very small story of what that review is. Like, even, like, just, like, If a game gets a 9, like, okay, sure, you you would assume that means it's very good. But what does that 9 mean to another game that's in a different genre or just like a different, a completely different game altogether that's also a 9? Does that mean they're the same game? Does that mean they have the same exact qualifications? Does that mean, you know, you're going to have the same exact experience with them?
1: No. And some publications, if it's like a 7 or below, they treat it like it's the worst game that ever existed, so... Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's all arbitrary.
0: It very much is.
1: Yeah, imagine reading about the game and the positives and negatives, like, whoa.
0: No, I'm just going to scroll to the end and be like, number? Okay, cool. It's later.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, people like to show off their numbers, so.
0: Who doesn't love a good number?
1: I mean, I don't like math, so. I could do without numbers okay that's fair (laughs) i'll give you
0: that (laughs) so like i i i like the idea of getting away from review scores but i think those are so entrenched in the like culture yeah that is it's very hard for a lot of publications to do away with that because you know again that's a thing that drives clicks so, like, how do you replace that if, you like, you're not going to have review scores? Do you think people are going to stick there and read the whole thing? Right. And that's a bold gamble to to try and make. Because you don't know.
1: Right. I mean, people aren't really known for reading a whole lot nowadays on, like, the, the Twitters and stuff.
0: Reading. Very difficult.
1: It is very difficult.
0: That's for true. But, yeah, it's, it's a hard problem to... To try and fix because it's so ingrained in the culture and everything mm-hmm. that, you know, you try and get away from it like who knows what the ramifications for you are going to be. Um, Something else that I think was interesting that came out of the whole Elden Ring stuff was the idea that that game got a lot of very positive reviews and like not taking away from the game or anything or saying those reviews aren't without merit or anything. Mm. But a lot of those reviews are were written by people or, you know, done by people who were enthusiasts of Souls games. Right. And, you know... There that was would look t-
1: very different than, like, me writing one.
0: <laughs> right. So there, there was a lot... There was way fewer people who were writing reviews for that game that were, like, newcomers to the, the series and all that sort of stuff. hmm So it's hard to find, like, you know, the differences between reviews in that particular instance of, like, okay, if I'm coming to this for the first time, like, how... Like, what what would I look to as a new player? Like, who do I need to go to, to find, you know, people who've played this as a new person and have that experience with it rather than, you know, the 90% of the reviews were like, you know, are ingratiated in the culture of the souls genre and everything that they, you know, they know the ins and outs of it, but they're not coming to it from like a new player's perspective. And Mm -hmm. that kind of brings up the idea of like, you know, who should be assigned reviews and everything. Do you give a review, a, a game to a person, you know, who knows the ins and outs of that genre, that that series and everything. Or do you give it to someone who has no knowledge of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and see what happens? Again, it's a hard, you know, question to answer. Because on both, on both hands, I have two hands holding up here. You have two
1: hands? What? Yeah, two hands. Wow. You
0: know, there is worthiness to both reviews. Because if you're someone who, you know, likes that genre and everything and likes those games, you're going to want to see what someone who likes those games and that genre has to say about it. Although more than likely, you're already going to be like preconceived to have an idea that, oh, I already want this game. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are someone who's new, you're probably going to gravitate towards someone who, you know has that same experience that you are going to have of like, okay, this is new to me and everything. You're not going to necessarily resonate as well to someone who like knows the ins and outs of everything because you don't have those preconceived experiences. You don't have, you know, the ideas of what the genre is and how that series plays and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think both are good, but it's just, it's the idea of like, how do you pull this off and have it, you know, make sense.
1: And like with a day one review on a big publication, like it doesn't make sense to do both. Right. Um, because how would you, how would you promote that? Exactly. But like ultimately both would be the ideal situation and something like that of like somebody who's entrenched in that kind of information and someone who's not at all. And but the thing
0: is, is like, you know, no, no publication is going to want to pay two different people to nope <laughs> to play a game.
1: Nope,
0: which is the the sad thing about that um there was a an interesting take on this when um Dark Souls 2 came out. GameSpot did a thing where they gave you know they did the, they did the two review thing they gave you know the one review to someone who had already you know had played the played Dark Souls one mm-hmm. they had an idea of what these games were they also gave. A copy to someone who hadn't played the games before. And the idea that came out of it was that, you know, one score was a nine out of 10, which was the, you know, the person who had knowledge of the series and everything. And the newcomer gave it a five out of 10. Mm-hmm. So big, you know, it's a big jump in score there for just going off score alone. Right. But which also, is what a lot of people do. Yes. But also, it's a, you know, it's an interesting dichotomy there of just like how could a review score differ or just a review in general differs so much between someone who is you know experienced with this and someone who's a complete newcomer right you know there's gonna be people who would just look at that and be like okay well the newcomers review doesn't matter because you know they don't have they don't they've not played these games before I'm gonna to go to this person because they've obviously played these games before and you know that's what I want to gravitate towards that's you know the experience that I've had so they're gonna be more right in this situation than this person that's going to be a a problem that's going to come up but I think you know that experiment like you know it's obvious that they had there hasn't been a lot of those experiments done since then Mm -hmm. but I think it's a good idea because like you know you get those different experiences because everybody's going to come into games with you know a whole bunch of differences in terms of like you know What games they've played in their past, you know, how they play games, how much time they can devote to games, um, what they get out of games, like what's their experience that they get out of each and every game that they play. All of that is different. So like having these different ideas of reviews, even just from a singular publication, so have multiple reviews is like I think it's a good idea because, you know, you're going to give more people an opportunity to see exactly like what exactly is a game giving me? And I think mostly the idea of, you know, the multiple review thing is kind of more embellished or embedded into, like, like podcasts and video stuff where you can have multiple people from a publication come together and just, like, sit around and chat about a game and, you know, talk about their experiences in a, you know, more casual, free-flowing type of format than necessarily a review would give you because there, you know, you can bounce off ideas off each other. You can have, you know, debates and all that sort of stuff. You can have just casual conversation about, you know, mechanics and story and blah, 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 blah in a way that it makes it a lot easier to do so than just, like, in a singular review from one person Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and one person's point of view and that's it.
1: I mean, it makes sense to me.
0: Well, I'm glad it makes sense to someone.
1: Well, I mean, like, we have... (laughs) We don't necessarily always play the exact same games or have the exa- exact same experience with games in terms yeah. of like, um, like you've played more of those type games that I have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I played one, got super mad at it, almost broke a controller and never again, except for, you know, I'm going to play the Final Fantasy one because that's stupid and it has easy mode. Um, but mainly because it's stupid. Um, but like you have more experience with that than I do. But we could still, like, have conversations about those type of games and get different perspectives on it. And I think it would be a, a more well-rounded and nuanced take on a game than, like, here's a game that has a 95. Okay, sure, cool. Right. What does that mean?
0: So, like, okay, let's put this into exa- an example for people to understand that relates more to us.
1: Examples? Example. I love examples.
0: <laughs> I know um a month ago we talked about super mario 64. yes we did you if don't we, like it if we had both done <laughs> singular reviews of that game yeah that i mean obviously you know the traditional format of just you know writing individually us writing stuff down about that game and blah 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 here's what we think about it blah 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 blah, and assigning scores to it mm-hmm. we would have very differing ideas of what that game is
1: very different
0: very differing scores Whereas, you know, when we come together for the podcast and everything, we're able to talk about those differences, able to have interesting conversations about those, you know, be able to kind of enlighten each other on our various viewpoints. Obviously, you know, we played that game together, so we both had an idea of, like, what we were going to say going into it and, like, how the conversations would flow and all that sort of stuff. But we're able to bring more of a an idea of how that game can be very different for people. In that conversation rather than if we had done two separate reviews. Right. Of that that game. And I think that in essence is a weird way to show like how reviews have evolved Mm -hmm. over the years is that. I think a lot of it now kind of comes down to, you know, there are going to be, you're still going to be able to find good reviews out there. Like you're still going to be able to find people who you agree with. You know, you're going to seek out those voices in particular. And...
1: You respect what they have to say, but yeah, them.
0: I think that's just going to be a common thing. Regardless, I mean, that's a thing. You know, for every walk of life, for every media out there, whether right. it's video games, movies, you know, books, books, or even <laughs> stuff like those still exist. Yes, stuff like sports. You're going to gravitate towards certain sports writers. You know, for like your your certain teams or athletes and all that sort of stuff. Um, so like that stuff's still going to be there. You know, whether or not they are they stay the same over the next decade or so or eventually they fall apart they die off or they evolve into something else entirely you know we can't say for, for sure because you know reviews have been around for 50 years now in the video yeah. game industry essentially yeah so it's a hard process to you know to change but I think the idea of like getting more interesting ideas thoughtful conversation um different experiences kind of comes around the idea of just getting different people together to talk about games mm-hmm. and not just having a singular voice be just that one authoritative voice. Whereas now you get kind of like you get multiple authoritative voices. You get a gaggle of authoritative voices to talk about games. And in a sense, you're still kind of going towards the, I'm going to go seek out these people now
1: mm-hmm.
0: to see how they feel about a certain game and all that sort of stuff. Cause I like their opinions. Whether or not that means they're from a specific publication or they're just, you know, people who stream on YouTube or Twitch or have a podcast, you know. It is what it is. Like the industry's changed in a whole lot of ways.
1: Are we a gaggle, the two I, of us? Are, are I, we I a think gaggle? I think
0: we're under the gaggle limit.
1: Dang it. What what if we include the boys? Does that make us a gaggle?
0: I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna search gaggle and right, see make- if there is a n- numerical connotation to it. gaggle is a flock of geese in case you were unaware or a disorderly (laughs) or noisy group of people which i think that's podcasters in general
1: yeah (laughs) so probably a gaggle
0: yeah i think we're a gaggle we're a small gaggle we could be a gaggle um god i didn't mean to derail that by just saying the word gaggle but
1: (laughs) no no no.
0: (laughs) i was trying to sound smart and apparently i just wasn't smart (laughs)
1: I just think it's a funny word um and I, I had something that I thought was insightful that I was gonna say and then it just went out my f- ear so I uh, just
0: goofed on you and then you're just like oh no
1: thoughts gaggle? and opinions
0: gaggle <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man um yeah <laughs> oh, like, oh I was gonna say that um like one of my favorite game reviews that I've ever read in my entire life, um, is the one from like '82 or '83 in Hustler magazine.
0: You know the the quintessential publication <laughs> for video games,
1: right? Where they're just completely dunking on, I don't remember, it's Custard's Revenge or it was beat and me eat one of those games. Deservedly like, so. There's like, this game sucks. Even we like sexy stuff. And this is the worst. This isn't sexy. This isn't fun. Who is this for? I'm like, dang. Hustler went in hard on you guys. <laughs> like when Hustler is telling you that you're terrible, like, yikes. It's a very good review. 10 out of 10. Would read again. <laughs> Oh man. I mean they, they they were they were not having it. Maybe it was X-Man. It might have been X-Man. I mean, They're, none of
0: those games are good.
1: No, none of them are good. We played them. They're terrible.
0: They're very bad.
1: They're very bad. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, when Hustler is is in there dunking on you like oof. Um But also, yeah, you know, the the definitive source for video game reviews, Hustler. Um but you know, I'm doing other um not as quickly as I would like Because I've been super busy But I've been going through that stupid magazine From 1999 and 2000 Remember?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, the wrestling magazine, um, clearly the,
1: <laughs> the wrestling Esquire Video Maxim game magazine Maxim. Not, It's not Maxim,
0: to be fair But it's basically knockoff Maxim With wrestling and video games
1: And very anti-Pokemon
0: like, yeah, that's and the nineties, early ninety late nineties, early two thousands for you.
1: Aggressively against Pokemon and anything cute, but um, like the reviews in that are just so bizarrely written, and I'm trying to think of like, is there an equivalent to that kind of thing now? Like, I know that um, heck, what was that guy's name? The guy who was maybe Australian. People loved him for a while.
0: Steve Irwin. Yes. Crocodile pe- Dundee.
1: People should always love him. Um, anyway, he did like animated game reviews and he was kind of like
0: Oh, um Yahtzee? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so he had like some kind of like salty opinions um that were like edgy at times
0: I mean you could have another conversation about how that spawned the I have to be very mad about video games subgenre of YouTube videos
1: correct correct and so I'm wondering like is is that the equivalent of like that magazines reviews are like that subgenre of like angry YouTube videos
0: yeah I guess like I think that also brings up another weird point is that like if you look back at the history of like magazine video game reviews mm-hmm. like obviously the big games got like you know couple spreads couple page spreads i should say yeah and you know a good amount of like writing done about them but like mm-hmm. think about like some random b game
1: like that a you paragraph would... at most yeah a if, paragraph if, at most if they got that
0: and that was it that was your mm-hmm. authoritative voice on that game mm-hmm. like if you would do if you were to do that today you would be eaten alive for trying to even attempt that because they'd be like what there's not what are you doing yeah. this isn't enough to tell me about this game Nope. You just wrote a paragraph.
1: What are you, some lazy
0: expletive, 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 expletive? (laughs) Like, what's wrong with you? I think that's what we need to bring back. Paragraph reviews. Oh, boy. (laughs) One paragraph, score, that's it.
1: It's (laughs) a... Call it a day. One would think to, like, write a paragraph review, like... That had to have been pretty hard to do to get, like, whatever information you had to do with one dang paragraph.
0: Or you just don't care.
1: Or you just don't care. One or the other.
0: I wonder... Um, I, keep talking. I want to see if I can find a, a one-paragraph review of something.
1: <laughs> well, like, one of the the other things that that magazine had that um, I, I, I don't see very often anymore. And maybe because I'm not looking in the right spots. But um, it would have, like, games that are similar... To the game that they're currently reviewing,
0: yeah, like, that, that was in, also in a, a thing. chart, uh-huh. and
1: it would be like, yeah, like this one has this kind of score, and like the visuals are this, and the gameplay is this, and but then you know, had like stupid snarky stuff written in there, and like, I don't know, talking about Claire Redfield's butt or something because that's the kind of magazine that was,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know, being sexist and racist at the same time was just a, a good old day for them at the time.
0: I mean, to be fair, that magazine's very bad.
1: Very bad. It is a very bad magazine. <laughs> Everything about it is bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the review system is is it quite wild that they're like, oh, yes, let's compare. And some of them, like, are not really comparable, so I'm not sure why they put them together other than, like, they felt like they needed to i don't know Mm -hmm. what are you looking up
0: i just i found an old issue of egm on the internet archive i'm trying to see if they have any like weird paragraph paragraph reviews reviews. there's a lot of paragraph previews which i wonder if like you know previews are by and large a thing of the past now like do you still have some previews here and there but like a lot of it's gone yep like is that going to be the way the reviews go at some point where they're just like you see a handful out each year and that's it.
1: It's a good question.
0: So EGM is weird, I guess, because they'd have multiple people review games. Yes. And give it different scores where there's formula for this episode, for this issue from July 1998 is like one reviewer gives it like a lengthier review and the the other three are just paragraphs. Huh. So let me see if I can find a game that would be interesting to to hear about. If it's on here, because you don't know. No. No. I
1: know. I know nothing.
0: You know nothing.
1: I know nothing. I'm just looking at Maxwell being in his super cutie pants.
0: Uh, okay, let's let's talk about Gran Turismo. Gran that's a, Turismo. That's a video game.
1: That is a video game. You're correct.
0: This game got nine, oops, I changed the page.
1: <laughs> you killed it.
0: I killed we it. can't
1: tell my Gran Turismo anymore.
0: This is not high res because I can't read this. Oh, there, there it goes, it's loading in. Um, It's got 9.5, 9.5, 9.0, 9.0. Best features, just about everything. Worst feature, mostly Japanese car names and models, which, all right. Wow. Yep. Okay. It is the game of the month, by the way, so here you go. This is the, hey. the the first review, which is about a lengthy paragraph. Okay. I'm going to read these verbatim for you. Ignoring the hype that surrounds the enormous number of dream cars, the equally prolific track options, the incredible graphics, and the beautiful animation, at its heart, this is a game that is tuned vir- virtually to perfection. Everything seems to handle just right. Powerful cars feel like untamed beasts barely kept in check, while smaller sportsters allow you to throw them around bins with scant disregard for the laws of physics. The cars respond with over and understeer just as you'd expect them to in a way that no other game has managed to convey. This just isn't a quick fix racer though. After getting your thrills in the arcade mode, you can switch to the more complex meat and potatoes side of things, the simulation mode. Buy yourself a clapped-up old banger, take it to the Sunday races, and begin your career. Win some money, upgrade your jalopy, and eventually find yourself in a position to buy a GTR-spec Acura NXX capable of snapping knicker elastic at a hundred paces. That's a phrase. What? (laughs) If I have any quibbles with the thing, it's the overly fussy way that you have to earn a racing license to compete in different events. It's a great idea, but the procedure is a little long-winded. Aside from this, this is wonderful. Gran Turismo really is the definitive racer. So, do you feel like you got an earnest way of understanding what that game is about in that paragraph?
1: I mean, I think it's about racing.
0: All right. Well, let's listen to the second one, which is a lot shorter paragraph. Okay. Get used to this quote because you're going to hear it a lot. Gran Turismo is the best racing game of all time, which that's not true anymore. <laughs> Woo! GT is loaded with so many, so much death, so many options, so many cars, so much variety. It literally I thought it you just, said death. Yeah, it's also death. It just literally <laughs> destroys anything that's come before it. Everything literally is,
1: destroys everything
0: about the game is just about perfect, except for the lame fact that many cars still have their Japanese names and likenesses, because that's what their names are. <laughs> Aside from that, however, GT just rocks. Do you feel like you got an honest review of that of the game from that paragraph?
1: No this person's just angry about japanese names i
0: guess so all right let's read the third one
1: literally destroys or obliterates and also like it rocks like what does that mean look first one was way better
0: well it was also longer yeah gt is arguably the best racing game out right now don't forget need for speed 3 in case you forgot i'm amazed at the number of cars they packed in this title over 160. they're not cookie cutter either they're they all handle differently not to mention being real I can race my CRX. Very cool. Imagine the high adrenaline gameplay of Daytona distilled into a realistic contemporary racing sim. A darn good mix. There's just not enough space to give this one its due praise. (laughs) Do you feel like you got an accurate representation of this video game from that review? No. Which, by the way, you know, the the last two reviews were similar, right, you would think? Right. There was a .5 difference in the score. Okay. And then finally, the last one. As good as Gran Turismo is, I love it dearly, I've got to p- complain about a few facets of this brilliant game. <laughs> okay. First, getting the different licenses is annoying. I'd rather have access to much, to more things much quicker. What if you had, like, uh, microtransactions,
1: hmm? Oh, oh god, no.
0: Also, there should be more American cars.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: I have an Acura Integra, and I'm disappointed they only have the Japanese-styled one in the game. Despite my gripes, every racing fan should almost feel obliged to buy this game. Do you feel you should buy this game off of that review?
1: Why are they so upset about Japanese cars? I don't know. They do. It's a Japanese game, right?
0: Apparently not. <laughs> you would oh. think because that, that was very much, you know, the thing.
1: Oh, boy. Um, No. Like I said, these people just seem salty about it being Japanese.
0: But this was the way reviews were at the time.
1: No, you're right. You're right. I just like I'm not obviously I'm not saying that, that to you, that person, but yeah. I learned more about what that person drives personally than I did about the game.
0: All right. Well, okay. Okay. Let's listen to this review for Grand Theft Auto. Oh boy. The first one.
1: Oh boy. Let's see
0: if these these short. I'm gonna I'm not gonna read the the long one. I'm gonna read the shorter ones for you and see if you feel like they have an accurate representation of the original Grand Theft Auto.
1: Okay.
0: Bringing new meaning to politically incorrect gaming, Grand Theft Auto may become a sleeper hit. While challenging at first, using the overhead view to execute the mini-missions turned out to be rather cool. I, re- I really got into the ambiance of the game, especially the urban atmosphere. The attention to detail, music, language, etc. helps a lot. A map option would have been nice, but no biggie. Action adventure fans will eat it up.
1: 6.5 They don't explain their opening line at all. No. No.
0: They don't explain why it'll become a sleeper hit, why is politically incorrect gaming... But again, no. also, it's a paragraph, so, like, you gotta say something flashy and then just be like, I can't explain this.
1: Right, right. Like, you're just saying words. They don't mean anything.
0: Obviously, like, you know, reviews have changed in the, what, 22 years that this review, this this magazine came out? Yeah. So, like, obviously, you're not gonna have reviews like this anymore. Like, that's why paragraph reviews like this just don't exist anymore. <laughs> right. Even though they probably should. Let's bring back paragraph reviews again.
1: Oh, God.
0: But yeah. Uh, I'll read you this other one, because it's a lower score. It's the lowest score, I think, out of all of them. First funsies. Let's face it. This game's hype is based 100% on its so-called controversial and mature content. Without the swearing and the criminal activities, GTA would have very little draw. The action does have an old-school arcade feel to it, which is a plus. And I have to admit, I had fun carjacking and cruising around the city. GTA is definitely worth checking out, if for nothing more than seeing how naughty this game can get. 5.0. Now, does that tell you, I mean, obviously it tells you there's problems with the game. Yeah. But does that explain why it's a five?
1: No. I mean, no.
0: <laughs> but this was the, this is the authority of the voice in 1998. This would be what you'd go to. I mean, it's one of them, I should say. It's not the right. authority of the voice, but I mean, EGM was one it was of the one biggest.
1: Of the, one of the biggest, yes.
0: And this is just how they did reviews. You get right. multiple scores and then you would just have to read this and kind of, figure out do i average all these scores up and that tells me how it is is do i just look to one person and be like okay I, I agree with what they say and that's it paragraph reviews were f- weird and it's like even though i'm joking it's a good thing they're gone because you just cannot tell people like what a game's no. about what what your your rating is about in three to five sentences I think you also
1: end up with like the echo chamber there too, of like, oh, you know, I agree with this person says, so I'm gonna go read their paragraph reviews on every single game, and like, you know, that totally. that, that builds that, and or even though I didn't... think like
0: they're trying to like circumvent that by having you know multiple yeah. review scores, but
1: they are, but
0: you can still fall into that by just being like, okay, well, i'm just gonna seek out this person, see what they say, and okay, mm-hmm. read it. All right, time mm-hmm. to go to the Walmart. Time to go to the Kmart. <laughs> been by $39.99 because that's how much video games were at the time.
1: Sam Goody.
0: The Sam Goody and pick up my video game. Sam Goody sell video games?
1: Sam Goody is where I got video games when I was a kiddo. Huh.
0: I don't remember ever getting games from there. But also I think Sam Goody like left my area in like 2000.
1: (laughs) My brother worked at a Sam Goody.
0: So they probably just like, they were just in the music and then they're like, ah, oh, we're out of here. See you later. Yeah. You want your weird anime and music? Here you go. All right, we're out. Goodbye.
1: I think they were on cue before that. And then they became Sam Goody. Well, why
0: were they waiting in line? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um. So maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But that's where you got games in my hometown. You could get some at Walmart, but. Not a whole lot, and then there was like the KB in the mall. Yeah, but we didn't have like a game store or anything. We had an EB. Whoa, well, aren't you fancy? I know.
0: Then it turned out into GameStop. Obviously. We didn't
1: have we didn't have either of those things. My hometown still doesn't have a dedicated Well, Obviously, like game it's store.
0: not it's not we don't have one here here. Yeah, you have to travel for it. But like that was a thing in the mall. Let's go to. We EB. would have had to
1: drive like forty five minutes to get to one. Maybe I don't right. even remember if there was one. in my in 45 minutes away. You might have had to go to Memphis.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Jeez, Louise.
1: Yeah. Podunk. Yeehaw. <laughs> Yeehaw, indeed. <laughs> That's why the the mall there looks like zombie apocalypse. Like legit, just um, Dead Rising happened in my hometown. That mall's a mess.
0: Yeah, I can believe yeah.
1: it. Rip.
0: Um, Well, regardless, reviews are weird in a weird space, in a weird spot, and they're weird. Yeah. They've always kind of just been weird.
1: Well, and I mean, like, some games I I just will not read a review on. Like, honestly, anything that's Musou related, I will not read a review on because I can guarantee most of them are going to be mostly bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's just not a genre that people really like that much. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, no, I have to press these buttons, and then I take on thousands of dudes, and I'm tired of doing that after a while. It's like, cool. All right. Fine. But, like, those never, ever, ever get good reviews. I I wonder, like, probably the highest ones, even Hyrule Warriors. That would be my guess anyway.
0: Yeah, probably. I will say, I think another kind of problem with reviews is that the context of them means that you really can't get super in-depth discussion about a video game because a lot of them have to be like we can't talk about spoilers because the publishers did not want us to talk about spoilers so yep you know you can't really get that in a review obviously but obviously if you're going to review you don't want to be spoiled for a game like i get that idea but there's a whole lot of stuff of like around, like, oh, I want to talk about this part of the story, but I can't talk about this part of the story. So I'm going to tiptoe around it and make, you know, allusions to it. But I can't really talk about it because I'm, I'm not allowed to. So eh. <laughs> eh. it's a hard problem to fix.
1: Okay, so Dynasty Warriors 8 got a 68. Hyrule Warriors. Um for Wii U and Switch um, and Age of Calamity are like 76, 78. Um, and one more thing I'm going to check. Get to hear my fast type. 74 for Fire Emblem Warriors, which is arguably one of the better ones. What about the Persona uh, one? Oh, right. I didn't think about that one.
0: Because I bet that one probably got like... Better reviews, I would assume.
1: 83. Yeah. But even still, like, for, for like video game numbers, those are typically like bad numbers. So, or they're at least falling into the yellow in the Metacritic, which, whoa. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I will, I will never ever read. Reviews for a Musou game. I don't read them for Atome games either.
0: Well, it's because probably there's not a whole lot of people actually reviewing Atome games, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, the definitive person for Atome reviews is Atome Kitten. Yeah. Yeah. Atome Kitten's pretty good, though. I've only been steered wrong a few times. <laughs> and even then, like, you know, I can't really be mad about it.
0: Yeah. I think either way they're still they're gonna be in a weird spot for the next couple of years. They're gonna just continue to be in that weird spot mm-hmm. because this publication is still gonna to wanna to put out reviews day one, regardless of what happens and all that sort of stuff and I don't like i I don't know the way to fix this.
1: no, I don't either.
0: That's not my job.
1: that's above our pay grade man that's above
0: our pay grade, but we'll just keep doing the thing the way doing things the way we do it. I think that's a pretty decent way to talk about video games and review context which is kind of what we do so
1: we'll be we'll be our gaggle of
0: (laughs) we'll be our gaggle of people
1: gaggle of people who make reviews here at at the podcast
0: i think this is kind of probably going to be the way things are just going to continue to go yeah this is going to trend more this way unless some other new phenomenon pops up and changes the way we look at video game coverage so there's that
1: I want to tell you, though, um, I don't know if it's because of the people that I follow or don't follow or whatever, or if just I've been super busy. Um, I've yet to see, actually, a single review of Elden Ring so far. <laughs> so I don't actually know how well it's doing or not.
0: Uh, Well, if you want to, well, let's go to an aggregate review site. <laughs>
1: let's do it!
0: It is averaged at 96 on OpenCritic. Critic. Okay. So it's gotten a lot of positive reviews.
1: I mean, it's no bust of fellows.
0: I mean, what is?
1: <laughs> I'll finish that one day.
0: <laughs> <sighs> yep. Either way, I do you have any more thoughts on this or do you want to wrap this up?
1: Um, I got nothing, man. All right. Be nice to gamer viewers though, because most of them don't get get paid enough to do what they're doing. And so they're
0: probably very tired.
1: Very very tired. So and just should just have a nap. Don't be mean to them.
0: Yeah, it's true. Well, that's gonna do it for this here podcast. That went longer than I was anticipating, but that's cool.
1: Yay!
0: That is very fine.
1: What you mean? We talk a lot.
0: I know it's very shocking.
1: <laughs> when does that ever happen?
0: Very shocking. <laughs> Uh, but if you'd like more from us, head on over to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared and I watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. Speaking of, <laughs> hey! Ha! Non-scored reviews on the website. Woo-woo! If you'd like more from Anladium, go to AnnLadium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at AnimeCheckup. You can buy our books, One Shiny Moment, a Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza. Get access to unedited versions of the podcast early and a whole wealth of bonus content as well.
1: Contribute to Game Boy having the, the Kitty Tooth Fairy visit him. Yes. hmm
0: Next week, we'll talk about something.
1: Yeah, something.
0: We'll figure it out and we'll reconvene and have more chitty chats. What? With our gaggle of people.
1: Our gaggle.